0: Let's dive right in. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Spirit Filled Real Talk podcast. Today we're going to talk about applied wisdom. Applied wisdom. And you've probably heard. That wisdom is the principal thing. That is a scripture verse. We might have heard it before. We might have quoted it before. We might have even copied and pasted an image and put it on our social media. But there's so much truth behind that. We're gonna unpack that today because the reality is we live, if you're not aware, (laughs) in the information age. I remember learning about this intimately when I was in undergrad. I was studying journalism. And I was originally inspired that journalism was set out, its original intention was to inform the public good. That was the original intent. And there was a lot of checks and balances and accountability in place to make sure that there were morals and ethics before A message was presented to the public right because sometimes the image that was used maybe that's traumatic and that shouldn't be the image that is used in a newspaper on the front page or maybe the way the story was written didn't actually capture the story and got it out of context so we in journalism were studying all about the history of journalism but they did caution us that because we're in the information age everything is changing and this is also what makes it so easy to get a story or a message out of context? And we see this a lot today. That is why wisdom is the principal thing, because all of this knowledge that you have access to at your fingertips means nothing without God's wisdom. It means absolutely nothing, right? You can, you can be an expert in a second just by Googling something that you didn't formally know, right? And telling people that you know about it. But without wisdom, that means nothing. So what we're going to go into today is how to apply wisdom, practically speaking, for you personally, okay? This is going to look different to everybody, but it's so important that you know how to do this and that you actually think through it. And one of the reasons why many of us forsake wisdom, despite what the Word tells us to do, is that it often takes longer to apply, similar to the process. We want to skip the process because it seems like that is so much easier than waiting on God right? We want it now. We want it our way. We want what feels good, right? We don't want to have to wait on anything. And wisdom, a great way to think about it is wisdom is being happy now with what will happen later. Okay? So wisdom never makes a decision if the consequence is not going to be worth it. So a lot of how wisdom works is actually thinking something through ahead of time, not making an impulse decision, not moving off of emotion, but actually thinking things through, weighing them in your mind, and applying discernment. And This is so key, meaning we're not going to make decisions based off of how we feel in a moment. We're going to make decisions based on discernment, and discernment is something That leads us through our spirit. Okay, this is an inner knowing, a conviction. Some call that an intuition, right? Oh man, I should have listened to my gut. (laughs) My gut was right, right? I ignored my gut, and this is the consequence. So, discernment helps you perceive and know something in advance. So, it's really important to pray for wisdom and discernment, okay? So, I'm going to give you a few scriptures and a few things to think through before I give you something to apply for today okay? So a couple of verses just on wisdom in general be careful then how you live not as unwise but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. that's Ephesians 5:15 to 16. So essentially you're likely aware of this <laughs> we live, in dark times, right? We don't have to look very far to get access to evil and wicked things, right? We can easily focus on that. So it's going to require us to be diligent about what we set our minds on. Believe it or not, that is a choice and it's wisdom to set your mind and to keep it set on what you might ask. Well, the word tells us that too, on whatsoever is pure, lovely, noble, praiseworthy. In fact, when it comes to wisdom, I believe I did a message on this a while back, but even doing a challenge to study the Proverbs because in Proverbs, it tells us how to handle difficult people. It tells us how to steward our finances. It tells us how to manage our emotions so much, right? So that is a great chapter just to to study, a great book just to study. James 1.5, also super powerful. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given you. Okay? So rather than saying, well, I don't know how to do that, right? I, I don't have enough resources. I can't figure this out. This is too hard for me. Mer, mer, right? Rather than that, ask for wisdom. Thank you, God that you give me your wisdom, that you help me understand how I am to show up here and what I am to do. Okay. Especially in the beginning of my relationship with God, but all the time I ask for wisdom. This is a nonstop prayer for me. (laughs) It's also how I practice humility. I'm not taking the position that I'm an expert or that I know everything or that I've got it all figured out or that I'm a master, but I am connected to the one who is and who does know everything, right? So I definitely pull on that. James 3.17, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, meaning it's not, you know, mixed with our opinions or untruths, right? It's pure. Then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Now this is really important because a lot of us, have wanted to confront or judge or condemn something. There's always been a time. There's, there's been a time or a season, rather, where we've done this, right? And maybe we've regretted it or it was not received well. So wisdom lets us know that it's pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere. So it looks out for the best, somebody else, not just to have a call out ministry or to, to speak to faults and to judge and to criticize, right? But wisdom is a gentle, guiding, encouraging word. Yes, with deep truth that just rocks your spirit, right? But you let the Holy Spirit do that job. You can deliver wisdom to somebody in a peace loving, full of mercy way, Okay. And then last one I'll share is this, Proverbs 13.10, where there is strife, there is pride, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. So sometimes we can't receive feedback. Have you ever experienced that? So wisdom is very, very important. And one of the things that I love to do is do a word study. So for example, if you want to grow in wisdom in your life, start applying it. How do you do that? Keep it simple, okay? Do a word study. So whether that's in your Bible and looking up all the verses on wisdom, or you're one of the people that likes using your phone, Google wisdom scriptures and start reading them. Read them in different versions. Highlight and write down in your notebook the ones that speak to you. Write them on index cards. Memorize them, because what will happen is when you start storing that up in your spirit, When you need to apply wisdom, the opportunity, I promise you, will present itself. You'll have that verse to call on in your mind, and you'll breathe in that moment. You'll be patient. You'll respond versus react. You'll have a tool in your back pocket to pull out and use, okay? So application, those were some scriptures on wisdom. Application is the action of putting something into operation, Putting something to use, okay? So it's implementing it, it's using it, practically, uh, let me see, sustained effort and work. I want to see if there's any other synonyms that might be helpful. Yeah, to put something to use, to put something in operation. So that would be a question that I have. When you receive, let's say that you hear a sermon or you go to church on Sunday and you take some notes in your phone, whatever you do, you highlight something in your Bible. Do you ever reference that again? Or do you only go off of, for example, what the the teacher, the preacher, the pastor broke down for you and just accept that as true for you? Or do you take that verse that was highlighted to you? Do you meditate on it? Do you break it down? Do you think through how... This is meant to apply to your life or even investigate why that was highlighted to you. Do you pray to God about it, right? What do you do? Do you never revisit it again and just think that by happenstance, you know it, right? You don't actually know something until you apply it, okay? So with teaching, I know this to be true. I was a trainer in corporate America for a long time, but they say you don't know what you really know until you teach it, (laughs) So you don't know what you really know until you teach it. Until you're put into a position where you have the opportunity to apply it, you don't actually know if you know what you think you know. All right? So application is so important. Consider for yourself today, am I putting into practice? Am I operating in wisdom? Or is this a growth opportunity for me? Okay? Now, the other one that I wanted to highlight here is virtue. This is something that as a child of God, as a king or a queen, we are meant to to demonstrate and virtue is the behavior showing high moral standards. Okay? Another way to think through this is it's a quality considered morally good or desirable in a person, a good or useful quality of a thing. And dun, dun, dun. trying to think if there's any other. Yeah, the quality of being morally good. Okay, it can also just mean excellence in general. So, as a child of God, for example, we are not held to a standard of perfection, but we are called to excellence. Okay, and there's different levels of growing and maturing in God. Okay, so for example, there's people that are are fine having a salvation experience and then still living like the world, still having a foul mouth, still going out and drinking and partying all the time, right? Really acting without obedience, without sacrifice, right? Without reading their word, without applying what the word says. That's a level. <laughs> there, there's other people that are applying wisdom, that are walking in righteousness, right? You could actually read the word of God and it would look like how they're living, right? They're bearing the fruit of the spirit. That's another level, right? There's other people that are building on that even further too, and they're actually operating in miracles, signs, wonders, right? We have so much access, but we get to decide how much we're actually going to access, okay? And the Bible, if you want to think about it this way, is really keys to our access. We're given keys to open different doors, but only we can use and apply those keys to open doors and to close doors. Okay? So when it comes to virtue, let's see. 2 Peter 1 5 says this, "'For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge,' and it continues." The verse that I said earlier is actually Philippians 4, 8. Brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So applied wisdom, for example, for me, is to self-check on my mind? Am I renewing my mind? Well, if I'm not thinking on all of these things, then it's likely that I'm not, right? and I'm probably focusing on many other different things, right, that are not helping me. Dun, dun, dun. Ephesians 4-2, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. And then Proverbs 10-9, whoever walks in integrity walks securely but whoever, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. Okay, so virtue, even if you do a word study on virtue or excellence, I recommend doing either because you might find different verses that are highlighted to you. But the key here is when you start studying on excellence, when you start studying virtue, you start to recognize, ooh, this is the standard that I'm actually called to. And I can weigh how well I'm doing that. So for Example, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being like, yes, I'm 100% walking out excellence and virtue, and one being like, mm, I never even thought about it. <laughs> Where are you at on actually applying this in your life? You know, would somebody describe you as somebody that walks in excellence? Would somebody trust how you show up? Would somebody admire your character? Nobody at the end of the day can tell you how to live. But this is something that's inspired from within and that you learn to show up and be consistent with. Nobody can do that work for you. They can encourage you, they can help you, but you ultimately, at the end of the day, get to decide what wisdom you're going to apply and the standards that you hold yourself to, okay? And if you don't have a standard, right, that means that other people can tell you what theirs is, (laughs) right? Or they could take advantage of you, or it might be hard to to set and hold boundaries, right? You can really get distracted when you don't have standards, right? You often don't get what you want when you're not clear about what that is, all right? So what I want to present to you today, and as a side note here, something that I am doing throughout the month of November is I am live on YouTube every day helping you develop a daily practice of growing in your relationship with God, going deeper with God, initiating a relationship with God, starting to pursue God for the very first time, deepening that connection wherever you are, calling you back to your daily practice and giving you practical ways to lean into that every day. So we launched yesterday. There's a new video every single day. So I encourage you, if you are not currently subscribe to my YouTube channel. You can just search Juliana Page and subscribe on YouTube because that's key not only to bless me, <laughs> but also to make sure that you get notifications for when those videos are available. And the idea would be that you would set aside time to listen to that video and to apply the teaching or the activity, the training, the, the questions that are offered on each day. Okay, and to track that experience, journal about it, share testimonies, share it with a friend, and just really see what God is doing as you pursue and lean in. Okay, so in that, what I'm really teaching on with this daily practice is how to apply wisdom, strangely enough. And how I want to break that down in a simple way is really and truly, this is about living as a disciple. Okay, but disciple is kind of an interesting word. So I'm going to break down part of that for you today. But the way to think about this is you are becoming someone one day at a time, one step at a time, one moment at a time, literally every second of every hour, every hour of every day, every day of every week, every week of every month, every month of every year and every year of your life, you are becoming someone. And the greatest risk is not thinking twice about who you're becoming. Because you're too consumed with what you're doing in life. You can become so swarmed by the demands of everyday life that you pay no attention to your spiritual life. And your spiritual life is what drives everything else. And our modern culture is what sets us up to do this, okay? Our modern culture has this insatiable appetite and will devour whatever time we haven't intentionally allotted to meaningful pursuits. So that's where standards come in right? If you don't have your mind set on what you want to pursue, on how you're going to show up, on who you're going to become, the world and whatever's outside of you, the people in your life, they can decide that for you and you'll let them. Okay. And the unfulfilled life has its own gravitational pull, its own negative energy, not God vibes at all. (laughs) And unless we act intentionally we will be consumed by the trivial and neglect the eternal, okay? And the only remedy is to replace that life. But, you might be wondering, what kind of life is enough? And Jesus actually answered this question. He said, it is enough for a disciple to be like his teacher. It is enough for, his, for a disciple to be like his teacher, so a life of becoming like Jesus, that's the model for a believer, is the satisfaction we're longing for today. He's literally the epitome of human life. So salvation in this case isn't simply the forgiveness of sin, but the receiving of Jesus' very own life as our own. This means, right, that discipleship really is made known by Jesus is the cure for the human condition. It's the cure for the rushed life. It's the cure for the anxious life. It's the cure for the fearful life. It's the cure for the angry life. It's the cure for the shameful life. It's the cure for the human life. And if discipleship to Jesus is really the cure, then we need to discover what it means to apply wisdom and to be a disciple, okay? So most people, myself included, because I didn't come from a legacy of faith, had a very narrow view of discipleship that actually sounded really weird. (laughs) And my mind went to like videos that you might see, you know, in school or something growing up, but what Jesus had in mind when it came to discipleship is simply put a learner of an embodied way of life. Because Jesus didn't actually come up with the word disciples. Disciples existed before Jesus was ever born and walked the earth, okay? So disciple, simply put, is a learner of an embodied way of life. It's someone who subjects themselves to the way of their master. The master defines their ideal life and how to live in it. A disciple trusts a master's definition of reality and organizes their life around becoming like their master and learning from them. So it's really about discovering what kind of life you're going to live. Jesus, in this case, becomes, well, Jesus comes as the master of life itself, embodying God's reality, embodying what's available to us, what we have access to. Jesus claims this life is available in the here and now for us. He didn't come just announcing forgiveness. He came announcing the availability of living in the kingdom of God every day, okay? So as disciples, right, somebody that's going to learn and embody the way of life that Jesus embodied, we become his students. We learn how to live in the kingdom of God, which is defined as righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So this is something that we can't do apart from being a born-again believer, apart from having the Spirit of God on the inside of us. The kingdom of God is the home for our soul. And I love thinking about it that way because I'm somebody that actually had, I guess I would call it kind of a nomadic, transient way of life for quite a long time, meaning I didn't have a home base, okay? So I remember even in college, not feeling like I had anywhere to go home to for the holidays. It was that uncomfortable for me that I didn't feel I would rather stay on campus by myself than go home. Um, That was really rough, right? Or because I moved so many different times in my life and really stepped out to, to move to different places and start over, over and over again, it didn't feel like any place was home. And that required so much to start over, to meet new people, to figure out, You know, what your lifestyle is going to be, what your priorities are, how you're going to juggle it all. It was a lot. So when I started to learn that the kingdom of God was home for my soul, and soul is defined as mind, will, and emotions, It was a place for me to rest. It was a place for me to be refreshed and encouraged. It was a place for me to find peace. It was a place for me to grow in wisdom and revelation of God. Oh my goodness. I went from being terrified to be alone and spend time in quiet and think about what I was thinking about to craving that and needing it in my life. Insane. So, we're designed to flourish in the kingdom of God, okay? And the kingdom of God being home for our soul is like putting a plant in good soil, all right? We thrive if we have proper relationship to the kingdom of God. And if we don't learn how to live in the kingdom, we'll be stunted never quite becoming what we're meant to be in this life. So I just want to highlight, salvation is one thing, but working out the potential that God put on the inside of you and becoming who God had in mind, a lot of that is unlearning things that we've already thought we were supposed to become or removing barriers that are blocking us from who God originally created us to be. So it's not necessarily being a better Quote unquote version of ourselves, but removing things that are preventing us from being who God put us on this earth to be. Okay, because that's something that He has settled. It's not something that we have to search outside of ourselves to find, but something that we are, something that's revealed to us as we grow in our connection and relationship with God. So as a disciple of Jesus, you're set free from the kingdom of darkness and of your old self. Hallelujah. <laughs> right? I don't know about you, but my old self used to think, and ruminates constantly used to really have a ton of emotional stuff that just can create heaviness had so much on my heart had no way of really processing different things because without God processing things that have happened into your life is brutal okay but with God it's very life-giving because he works all things for good right and he can rewrite your entire story and we're brought into the kingdom of God as our new self the new creation And Jesus announces God is rescuing us from the human we were never meant to be in order to become the human he first dreamed us to be. Come on, right? Like that really is salvation, that we don't have to be this old, patterned, defeated, weak human. We actually can be this new creation, the one God dreamed us to be. And we only become that by focusing solely on that. Okay, we don't become that by focusing on all of the ways that we're not qualified, that we've messed up, that we have fallen short, whatever it is. We focus solely on the new creation and what God dreamed us to be, and acting like that, and thinking like that, and expressing more like that every day. Okay, so when we trust in Jesus, we receive his life and become. devoted recipients of his way of being in the world. Okay. He carved out a human path for fulfillment in God, which is literally what brings fulfillment to us. A lot of times we look to the world for fulfillment for different things, but this God sized gap that only God can fill in us. We need (laughs) to walk out this path of fulfillment in order to really have that gap be filled. And Jesus invites us to follow him into his good life Here and now. And I've wondered what that looks like. And so the best way I can describe this is God's Vibes Matter, right? It looks like progressively and holistically having the mind, the character, the emotions, the habits, the relationships, the ministry, and the leadership of Jesus embodied in our lives. So it looks like living in unceasing union with the Father. We're constantly connected with God, although we don't always live like that. So we continually live out of our new self made in the image and likeness of Jesus. We stop living under the influence of lies about God, ourselves, and the world. This good life is the way of true wholeness, okay? As you can only imagine, right? When your mind, your character, your emotions, your habits, your relationships, your ministry, and your leadership are embodying Jesus, You have a transformed life. Like you are not the same human at all in any aspect, (laughs) right? Like you'll still have your uniqueness and your quirks and, you know, the things that make you, you, that God designed you to have, right? But you'll be expressing God on a whole new level your entire being starts to transform. You start becoming a new human. You carry the peace Jesus carried. You become generous like him. You respond to situations as he responded to situations, which will freak people out. (laughs) You care for people as he did, which will also catch people unaware. And this doesn't happen by willpower, okay? So if you're somebody that was like me, that was a self-help junkie that, you know, tried to read every book, try to go to the conferences, whether it was on leadership, communication, emotional intelligence, whatever it was, just to become a better human, that that depends on you and that depends on your willpower. But with God, it happens by surrender and just trusting that he will work out what he put in you. And your part in that is to be willing to change and to be willing to obey what God reveals to you. So just want to highlight here that applied wisdom is about being intentional students of the life of Jesus. We become learners of his way. We become people who practice his teaching and follow his example. We become disciples, right? We don't just imitate his actions, we seek to understand his ways because it's only through understanding and applying wisdom, applying the knowledge that we have access to that we really begin to understand. We actually have to sacrifice time, effort, understanding, right? To, to really learn and to develop. And discipleship is what creates the space for grace to transform us to the point where we naturally do what Jesus did. So in the beginning, it might seem like effort. Right? Oh, I have to read this word. I have to meditate on it. I have to think it through, but I just want to challenge you to let, let curiosity take over and just really think through things out of curiosity because the invitation to be discipled by Jesus is nothing short of having a different quality of life. So that's something that you crave. You have this invitation and the disciple of Jesus orders their life differently, right? If we desire to have the spiritual life of Jesus, we must begin to implement the overall lifestyle of Jesus, which is Christ being formed within you. And we see the evidence of this in our increasing love for God and others. So spiritual exercises, and what I'm going to talk about on YouTube, modeled after the lifestyle of Jesus, create a type of receptacle for the Holy Spirit to give us the abundant life of Jesus. We cannot become a disciple by accident. And if we're not intentionally being discipled by Jesus, then we are unintentionally being discipled by the world. So simply applying wisdom starts by having this daily time, this daily practice, some way of staying connected with God. And this can look different for everybody, which is why it's really important to explore what works for you and discover what works for you. You know, for some, they absolutely have to be in the word for a certain amount of time. You know, for other people, maybe they have to worship before they can even open their Bible. For other people, journaling helps them really clear the air, so to speak, and get everything out of the way so that they can be open to receive revelation from God. And also prayer, right? There's different ways that people are really called To connect with God. And this can change too. I mean, there's been seasons where I've been crazy diligent, right? And there's been other seasons where it's been a little more relaxed, or there's been times where I just need to go on a fasting and prayer challenge with myself just to really pull back from the world and get really connected to God. So it's going to look different, but really applying knowledge you can't do apart from God. God gives you the wisdom, the discernment to apply knowledge that you're exposed to, to to know how to handle situations, to know how to interact with people, to know how to steward your finances, to know how to literally deal with anything that is going on in your life. So what I encourage you to do today is to ask yourself a couple of questions. Number one, Are you applying the wisdom of God's word that you are being exposed to, whether that's by listening to a sermon, whether that's through going to church, whether that's from a small group that you're a part of or a study that you're a part of? Are you applying the wisdom that you're getting exposed to or are you just showing up in those times and forgetting about it? Really important because you get to decide what you're going to apply and what you're not going to apply. So that's number one. Number two. (laughs) What does discipleship look like to you? And how are you called to apply wisdom in this season? Is there a certain area of your life that's being highlighted for you? Is it doing a study on this? How are you being led to apply wisdom? And number three, what has God been guiding you to invest in in this season to take a risk on? What is it? What is he guiding you to do in this season? Keep in mind too what often comes up with this is we try to figure out the how which is never our job (laughs) it's just the what and the why okay so think through those questions and then again i want to invite you to be a part of the 30 days to change your life that's what it's called you can search juliana page on youtube it is totally free and new video is going up every day so make sure that you subscribe so that you'll get a notification You can also leave comments, share testimonies, ask questions, whatever you wanna do over in the comment section of YouTube and I'll be sure to check that out. So make sure that you do that and that if you haven't subscribed over here, you can do so on Apple Podcasts. You can actually rate the podcast if you scroll down on your phone and give it a five-star rating (laughs) and leave a comment there and you can make sure to follow because you'll get notifications. If you follow on Spotify, It's a similar process. You can follow, you can turn on notifications, there's share links you can share with your friends. So you can set up your own group if you want. Everybody listen to this message. Let's hop on a call and break it down, whatever you wanna do. But those are really great ways to get connected. And if you do, follow, subscribe, rate it, leave a comment on any platform, wherever you get your podcasts, make sure to email me at info at julianapage.com. Give me a screenshot of whatever your comment is, and I will email you a free gift. It's actually my God's Vibes Matter devotional. I will email that to you. So go ahead and subscribe to make sure that you can get connected. And if you don't know how to get access to all of the books or coaching and other resources that are available to you, make sure that you visit julianapage.com. That's where you can kind of get access to all the social media platforms and what's new and what's going on. All right. All right, everybody. Until next time, stay blessed.